Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Jenny, we get a lot of emails, and I'd say 99% of them make my day. I'm like, oh, my God, so nice to meet you, Bill from Nebraska. Can't believe you're trying to learn Spanish. Or like, oh, my God, Pilar from Colombia. Thanks for writing in and telling us about your grandma. But then there's just there's just there's one email we received <laughs> that we read after recording last episode that like set us on a tailspin yeah want me to read it yeah <laughs> chisme 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 everyone listening is like i want to know <laughs> okay bueno te voy a te voy a leer este este email ay léemelo chica léemelo todo vale so the subject says ads in your podcast question mark is it in caps no, okay. I just, okay. I'm adding dramatic effect. I love that. So it's from, it's funny because I'm staring at his profile photo, I guess, from Gmail. And he's like a very happy, smiley man, which makes <laughs> oh, us oh. all the funnier. Okay, so I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say his name. Yeah, why don't we say his name is Chad? Because I, okay. I just, I've never really, I met only one Chad in my life. Well, and like, sure, but this Chad is Latino. So I just want to make that note. How about Chad? Chadino, 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 Chadino wrote us, am I going crazy or are you guys seriously playing ads, open parentheses, and very irrelevant indeed, close wow. parentheses, in your show? Que vaina es esta? Oh my God, he seems upset. Chadino is upset. Chadino's upset super pissed. He's super pissed because he heard uh, an irrelevant ad smack dab in the middle of our podcast i feel so bad for him he had to take 15 seconds out of his day while he was consuming free content to listen to us (laughs) plug something in order for us to you know pay our electric bill (laughs) this was 
Mira, this is what I don't get. I understand if this was like 2001 and right. people were just starting to... I remember when YouTube first started rolling out ads and people mm -hmm. were just as pissed. They're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but now Facebook, even IGTV on Instagram, podcasts, every digital medium has had ads. Yeah. It's how we make our money. And one of the biggest problems of the digital space at its inception was that it was very difficult to make money while doing it. So mm -hmm. you have all of these people creating entertainment for free and then people consuming that entertainment and then they had no way of monetizing on it. And now there are ways of monetizing on it. But just like I feel like every type of art, you know, I feel like Beethoven, when he, I don't know, started selling out as concerts or some shit, people were probably like, that fucking sell out Beethoven. We want our artists to starve. Look Pretty at Van Gogh. Like, <laughs> like, why is it? We have this obsession of like people who are in the arts and people who make stuff. The idea of them making money off of it is sort of something people have to get used to. There's always like a rejection of that. And yeah. I remember one of the first actresses of SNL, she came to speak to us at Second City once and she was telling us about how in the 80s she agreed to do a commercial and she got so much blowback. Like, oh my God, she sold out. She did a syrup commercial. This woman doesn't I... know real art. Now, it's, it's not perceived as sellout. Now no. we see people... And everyone from SNL, comedians, Tracy Morgan is doing like insurance commercials. Yeah. Like now it's normalized. But there was a time where even that was perceived as being a sellout. It's fascinating because I know when I first started making content online professionally, which was back in 2011, I remember getting tons of complaints. And, and back then I didn't do any brand deals or anything like that. But when there would be just a simple ad again on YouTube, I feel like uh, there were times where I would comment back or explain something and people would be like, well, you chose to be an artist. You should have gotten a nine to five. You should then just you should have just changed careers then. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so you're trying to say that artists are supposed to just exist for your pure entertainment, but starve, make no money, make absolutely no living from our art. Yeah, that is essentially what they were saying back then. But look at it now. Like, I think that one of the most interesting parts, particularly in the last few years, is how there's a diversity in the way that you can monetize online. So mm -hmm. OnlyFans is literally specialized for pornographic content so that people have autonomy over what they publish and what they uh, make money off of. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because you compare this to like 2001 Paris Hilton's porn video being, you know, released as Basically, what we have a word for now, revenge porn, and her having to sue in order for mm -hmm. her, one, for, like, she couldn't take the, the video offline, but two, for the profit to be partly given to her, which she actually gave to charity. But now, like, this is an economy that is functioning, and it's changing, and it's becoming more and more specific. But even then, there is this sort of taboo, like what you said. I know that you probably received a lot more comments in, in like, you know, 10 years ago than what you're receiving now, but we're still receiving it. Yeah, it, because it's happened in waves. Once people got used to the ads on YouTube, those comments stopped. But I remember when ads started rolling into Facebook, which by the way, Facebook would punish me because for a good two years that Facebook started rolling out ads, I refused to put ads in my videos because I knew how upset my audience would get. Mm -hmm. So I actually rejected getting money from my videos on Facebook for the sake of my audience. 
Mm-hmm. I remember polling my audience and asking them, like, what are your thoughts? Yada, yada. Of course, there were people who were supportive, but there was a good chunk of folks who said, I'm out. I don't want to be watching one of your sketches and have to sit through like a one minute commercial about, I don't know, mascara. So they were like, no, I don't like this. I don't like this. So anytime a new platform started to help creators monetize their videos, there was always a bit of an uproar. Well, I think a lot of people perceive what we do as different than the entertainment industry. So I think that for digital creators like ourselves, it's almost like they have a personal connection. They follow and are uh, subscribed to us as the person, not us, a network, mm-hmm. not us, the agent, the manager, the person behind it, the lighting, the grip guy, the this. They feel a personal connection to a person. That's why they followed the person. Yeah. And I feel like for people, it almost feels like the mirage of this very intimate connection that they feel is not real. It's like, oh my God, there's ads. Oh my God, there's people editing this. Oh no, this. I guess they're not genuine and real like I yeah. expected. Like they're taken out of this connection directly from audience to to artist or creator or whatever. It's I, I always say it's it's almost kind of like Protestantism happened <laughs> in the <laughs> entertainment industry. Like Martin Luther was like, hey, well, you don't need to go to church and like go to like a, a, a priest to talk to God. You can do it by yourself. Like you, you can do it. You can just. So that's sort of what happened with the Internet. Yeah. It was perceived as this pure thing. Like, mm-hmm. wow, we no longer need executives to to okay us. We can put our content out there and have people follow us. It it restored power to the artist. But it then had this very fickle weird reaction where okay, this is a pure connection, therefore money shouldn't be involved because that's no longer pure. Yeah, you know, it's like they it's like digital audiences treat content creators like when you start your bit your own business or you start doing stand-up and you know you tell your friends and they're all like oh that's so good for you can i get two tickets can i get oh actually three um my cousin has come yeah or like can i can i get one of your shirts but like for free (laughs) that sounds like chadino that sounds like chadino chadino definitely (laughs) does not want those ads and it's Man, it is so infuriating. I mean, digital media, digital content creators have been around long enough. It shouldn't come as a shock. I mean, I just, uh, my husband and I did a quick trip to Palm Springs last week, and the entire road trip, we listened to podcasts, one of them being The Office Ladies, because we were huge fans of The Office. They had massive commercials. Mm-hmm. And these are two women with like celebrity status. They still have to put ads in their podcast and they're very long ads. Yeah, like I would just like kind of lower the volume a little bit and just chat with my husband. And then when they can, you know, whatever, you don't wh- do what you want to do. It's like when you're watching TV, if you don't want to see 10 psoriasis commercials back to back, then fucking lower the volume, mute it, fucking clip your toenails. I don't know, dude. But that's what I find funny. People would people are okay, like sitting through these terrible drug commercials and these auto insurance commercials on their television, but they can't handle a podcast ad. Speaking of ad, hey, Jenny, do you know what service I didn't know I needed? What? Sometimes when I'm enjoying free content online, 
I want to complain about it, but I can't really find the words. Now introducing Chidino, an incredible app where one really annoyed guy writes emails for you when you don't enjoy something. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to look it up on the app store. I look. I saw you looking down like, oh, fuck, You just Chidino. burst my bubble. <laughs> fuck, who's going to complain for me? That is obviously not a real ad. Here's a real ad. <laughs> this is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. A different form of ad, right, is what I do the most. Branded content. Which isn't an ad in the middle of a video. No. It's that a brand tells you, hey, Jenny, please put this tampon <laughs> in your video somehow. In your... Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> you walked right into that and that's why i love help you. us with our ads <laughs> uh no but yeah it's exactly what you're saying so for instance you know like i've worked with snickers and TurboTax, and you know whatever DiGiorno. and so there's a lot of back and forth and there's just all these rules and there's usually like tons of pdfs and powerpoint presentations <laughs> of what they're looking for and and whatever and then the creator has to come up with a script. And it's like, okay, how am I going to sell DiGiorno with mm-hmm. my characters? It's a, it's a very long process. And yeah. I personally make sure that my audience is still going to enjoy the content as if it was a regular sketch, despite it being a brand. That's really hard to accomplish. It's very hard, but it, it has been done. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself because a lot of the comments on a lot of my branded videos tend to say, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this was a brand. Like, this is a great branded video. I was laughing the whole time. Yeah, you, you do know, a great so job at it. I, I bust my butt, you know, but at the same time, there have been people who have told me that I'm a sellout for making a branded video. Mm-hmm. So then I have to make sure I'm balancing it out, that I'm keeping my audience happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's the it's the la gasolina to keep, the vehicle moving. Claro. So I I did, you know, some branded deals. And for a few, like, couple years there, I was, like, an independent creator. And it was really hard for me because so much of my content is really opinionated. <laughs> and, like, v- and I don't have a lot of characters. Like, usually I play myself. Yeah. And I remember for one branded video, I shot the whole video and then the brand comes back and says, hey, yeah, we're going to need you to reshoot it. Oh, yeah. Because you had a skull ring on and that makes the brand look bad. (laughs) 
And I was like, oh, honey, absolutely not. Do you know what a shoot day entails? Like how much work it is? How many people you have to wrangle? The transportation, the the, the equipment. And it was like a contentious battle. Oh, and it was after man. that point that I told myself, like, I can't do it. But that's because I have the absolute luxury <laughs> of having a job mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. Yeah. But when I didn't, I literally had no choice. I got to keep money coming in because I'm spending money making videos. Yes. We we put money into our videos, guys. It was literally a time where I was just doing branded content to break even. And when I would get those messages, it, it was just like, dude, what do you want from me? I'm making stuff for you, but you have to give me the liberty of finding the ways for this to make sense monetary like do you want me to like lose my house like i don't understand <laughs> more videos why don't you post more videos oh wait this is a branded one fuck you yeah i don't know i do feel like there is a massive misunderstanding with audiences who know absolutely nothing about content creation or filmmaking they don't know the work that goes mm -hmm. into it i remember even when i was at buzzfeed most of the buzzfeed audience had no idea that the people that they loved on camera were also video producers who literally did not sleep but they assumed we were just talent who would just show up roll around on the ground with puppies and eat strange foods and that was it and a lot of the comments were like must be nice meanwhile i'm reading these comments with my right eye twitching from the severe stress. The sleep deprivation. You haven't, <laughs> there was, you haven't slept There was no like... work life. Oh yeah, at these digital media companies, there's absolutely no work life balance. And and then these audiences still think I have that kind of network support. There mm -hmm. was one person that's like, you need to hire s this and that. I'm like, hire? How? What? It, it's just me and my, my friend, Kevin. That's, that's it. <laughs> That's where it, it's just us two. We're it's we do everything like everything. literally right now. My videos, it's me and Kevin who tag team writing the sketches. Kevin shoots everything and does sound mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I edit mm -hmm. and do the graphics. Sometimes we have a third person like my friend Christina who will come in and help us with additional shooting. But people think that you have all this intense support. You got execs, you got a crew of editors and I'm like, oh, that is that is not the case. So there's like a weird disrespect there because they're like, oh, this is easy. I, I think back like during the pandemic, it was just me and my cousin. And I think we made like two videos a week or something and just to not go insane. And I remember getting absolutely burnt out because I feel the need to produce and make content. But oh, also yeah. because and I don't want to come here like, oh, my God, it's so like hard. My life is so hard. But there is a very solitary feeling when you're a internet creator mm -hmm. because you're doing the writing, then you're doing the editing, then you're doing the metadata, then you're doing the uploading, then you're doing the comments, then you're doing the reposting, yeah. then you're... It doesn't so, end after you produce the video. It's, yeah, it's continuous. It's, like, it's continuous. And what it felt to me almost was like I had to do everything because if I didn't do it, who else would? Yes. And th that's both so empowering, but then also exhausting yeah. <laughs> and isolating because even though you literally are in direct contact with thousands of people, you're by yourself. Yes. 
a lot of that time. So it's this weird juxtaposition of having this connection to your platform and base, then simultaneously being very alone during most, if not all of the process. Yeah, it can get extremely lonely and you don't really realize the impact you're making because everything is just numbers on a screen. That's why for me, when I've done live shows, like when me and the Chonga girls did a live performance in Miami, we sold out to over 700 people. And that was the first time where I was completely overwhelmed with joy because I was able to put faces to these numbers and realize we have a bigger impact than we realize. And I remember when I worked at We Are Me Too, I was having one of those days that I was feeling down on myself. I was feeling burned out. And my boss at the time told me, you have to understand that a lot of content creators have a greater reach than the average TV show. You get more viewers yeah. than a TV show. You have to realize the impact that you're making. It may not come with all the glitz and glamour of being a TV star, because when you're a TV star, you're made to feel important. But when you're a content creator, you're just on your couch. Mm -hmm. just by yourself and you don't really realize if you're doing anything good with your work absolutely if it's making an impact and yes i read as many comments as i can but i think when you also suffer from like an anxiety disorder like me when you're feeling down on yourself there's no changing it mm -hmm. the one negative comment is going to take you down despite oh the hundred positive comments it's insane how that works you know, know with all the face cancer shit my sister came to visit me but my sister was like, I notice you really at peace and like happy. And I was like, you're right. And then I realized it was because I actively decided to take a break from social media and posting mm -hmm. and just focus on my writing and my health. It did make me understand that I was maybe posting for the wrong reasons. Sometimes there's this feeling of like an adrenaline, like almost like a drug. When a video's doing well, it literally yeah. feels like a drug. It's I, a dopamine high. And I was like chasing that. Yep. But then while ch you chase that, you also get the negative, which is if you're positively affected by how a video is doing, you can also just as easily get negatively affected with what people say about you. So that is oh, letting- Oh man. It's letting the video or letting the content affect your heart and and your brain and your uh. everything. And I was feeling that without even knowing it. I was feeling that for the past like seven years. Dude. Oh. And I didn't even notice. I thought that was the norm. I thought that was normal. But there was something so absolutely refreshing of not feeling the necessity of eyeballs on me to feel successful. Oh my gosh. I feel this so hard. I mean, I, I feel comfortable talking about this on the podcast, but I haven't announced it, announced it, but I recently started working in my first writer's room for an animated series. Yes. yes. And it's, it is, it's, it's extremely time consuming, obviously, because it's a job for a major network. Mm -hmm. And so it's like three days a week. And then in, in addition to that, then I have my, my hosting job for Disney Plus. So I have these external jobs now that have nothing to do with my content creation, my, my own schedule, my characters, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not that I want to stop. I know how important and special the Abuela character is to a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of folks that have written me saying, please don't stop making Abuela videos. So it's, it's not that I want to stop, but there is this anxiety. I'm still kind of in between where I'm feeling a lot of relief that I don't have to kill myself trying to make a video every week. Mm -hmm. Because I completely understand what you mean by it feeling like a drug. Releasing a video out into the internet and like reading all the comments and seeing people saying how funny it is and that they're laughing. And, and as comedians, that's like the greatest feeling in the world. 
it is so healing both for the audience and for yourself to be able to make people laugh. And it's just like your your life's purpose, you know? And then a week goes by and like I said, you know, the internet, it moves fast. People forget about the video. It's over. It's it was done. It was fun while it lasted. Now you gotta fucking go and, and think of the next one. And then you have to try to one up your last video and make sure it's just as funny, if not funnier. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say I was at Disneyland on Friday with my husband and a girl stopped us because she recognized us. And she was a Latina, but she was with her very white boyfriend. And she's like, oh my God, remember, this is the girl who was like the baby Jesus. Remember <laughs> the baby Jesus? Now she's referring to a sketch that I made in like 2017. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize a lot of content creators are always so stressed about we need to keep making content because people are just gonna, thing. the next thing, the next thing. When people are clearly rewatching your stuff and it's out there, people still consume it frequently or rewatch. I, I know I used to do that with a lot of my favorite YouTube videos. Till this day, mm -hmm. I go down rabbit holes and I watch old E-bombs world <laughs> stuff that I was a big fan of back this in the is day. The earth. Sweet earth, you might say. Round, okay. <laughs> then fires the missiles. <laughs> oh my God. See, we both know exactly what we, were what we were talking about. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Speaking of tampons, hey, Jenny, do you use tampons? I sure do, Joanna. Me, too. And that's why we really wanted to talk about our favorite tampon. It's a bubblegum scented tampon. You smell like bubblegum and you don't bleed out of your vagina. My vagina would certainly appreciate a bubblegum scented tampon. <laughs> I know. It would really benefit from it. <laughs> now I'm just imagining my vagina blowing bubbles. Oh, I think that there's a show in Thailand where that happens, actually. <laughs> I think I went to it, actually. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That is not a real ad. We are fucking with you. <laughs> but you know what's different, Jenny, is that when like YouTube started, they literally had a guy curating videos. So they had a guy being like, I'm gonna pick these 10 videos and put it on the home screen. But then the entire fabric of uploading videos changed to it being run by machines and algorithms. And I think yep. 
a big part of the reason that content creators are so stressed in creating content is because content creators, we always talk about the algorithm. It's it's almost like we talk about the algorithm without knowing exactly what the algorithm is. It's, it's an like, evil oh, yeah, villain like, that looks like a snail. It's an evil villain that like helps you because it recommends you videos and like gets you more followers. But then suddenly it's like a it's like a fickle bitch and then she like she hates you and yeah. you don't know why your videos. None of your followers are gonna see your shit now. <laughs> and there's always this game. It's like upload at three p.m. Or, or at twelve p.m. Don't upload on Sundays. Upload this day. Oh, upload once, not twice. There's, there's all these like tricks and and this and that. It has nothing to do with the content. It has everything to do with gaming and playing the system. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've met a lot of creators through YouTube that are like specifically they were like we gamed the system we figured out what type of video was gonna hit and that's the video we made and they're very successful they make a lot of money off youtube but i i never functioned like that i was like i want to make a video about how long the venezuelan birthday song is like i don't care how many people see it and i'm like i want to upload it when it's done so i never gamed the system no me neither gaming the system and there's a lot of that in in the internet space, it it is yeah. it is eternal. And now with TikTok, it's like, all right, well now tick now the whole Aye. platform has changed. Aye. Now everyone's uploading to TikTok, and now like everyone's like, oh my god, if you're not on TikTok, you're not you're not on anything. So this isn't like an old industry where you know you know Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. But here it's like you have a Vine star, Vine dies, and unless they're able to adapt, change, and continue to upload, they're nobody's quickly. We're like so- a weird bacteria. So Ooh, I love that virus. We have to just keep evolving in order to survive. Oh God. But I we have to that, evolve like... at a much faster pace. It's not yeah. just like I'm some video editor named Tom and I have to switch from final cut to premiere. No one's gonna get this joke. Um <laughs> This is an interesting joke. <laughs> it's an, <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Um <laughs> But like those things take time, like, you know, like years of developing new software and you're like, Okay, I guess I'll learn this new software. But mm-hmm. now you blink and it's like, Well, if you don't know how to do reels and if you don't know how to do this and if you don't know how to edit on TikTok and you have to and if not you're gonna get swallowed up whole yeah and i think that's something that people that aren't in the industry don't realize how the internet is like a new concept basically compared to the history of the world and society and because of that it it is evolving at such a high and fast rate that people that have attached their careers to it also have to evolve quickly at a high and fast rate and working in um traditional media working in television there's these structures the ways that things work and the economy works and there's roles and there's this and there's that but even they are changing because right now I'm working on a TV show and they're like, I mean, will we even have the channel by the time this <laughs> the show comes out? And it's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, we'll probably just put it on the streaming service. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then they're like, oh, you now we're, all, this is crazy, Jenny. I'm literally writing jokes sometimes that I think, oh, if, if we take this 15 second clip and put it on TikTok, it'll go viral. Like, Traditional media is being influenced by the digital space. Absolutely. But there is like, since it's been around for longer, it's evolving slower. While the internet is just fucking, I don't know, straight up like Madonna-ing it up, like changing their identity and brand every two seconds. Yeah, because now Instagram that started off as a as a photo app mm-hmm. to share pictures of your dog or of your feet by the pool. Feet by the pool. Sounds like you sounds know, like an OnlyFans now. <laughs> the hot the hot dog leg phenomenon, you know, and with like these cool little filters, 
Now it's a video forward app now because they're trying to compete. And then now the people at Instagram are like, you need to make like 10 reels a week or we're not going to promote you and you're just going to plateau and die. It's exhausting. In the graveyard of content creators. And it's just, <laughs> it is it's it is exhausting. So now I feel like my anxiety is not so much coming from the pressure of pleasing my audience with a weekly video or the desire for that dopamine hit every time a video is released and it does well. Now the real stress, like you were mentioning, is coming from the almighty shit turd fuck bag of an algorithm. It's like <laughs> basically El Sereno. We don't yeah. know what it is, but it's killing children that don't wear sweaters. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, it's taking lives. And that's, that's what the algorithm is. And you know what's interesting? I have personally worked with YouTube, with Facebook. Mm -hmm. I know people in there. I've been to the headquarters. They don't even know about the algorithm. That is no. what is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this real quick. This is something that baffles me till this day and it really bugs me. But Facebook is where I have my largest following, right? Yeah, me too, actually. By now, I should have been at a much larger number. I've stayed at practically the same number now for the past two years. Nobody at Facebook knows why. And I remember at the start of the pandemic, I released a sketch that went viral. It got over 29 million views. My following did not grow at all. I talked to people at Facebook that I knew. They did not know why. They till this day they do not know why. Well, it's it's crazy because like I think that there's so much mystery in this space because a lot of it is not planned or done by people. It's done by whatever this algorithm thing is or machines or it's it's engineering. It's it's engineered based. Like, YouTube isn't a video production company, but, like, what makes YouTube YouTube is its algorithm. It's its way of selling you other videos. It's connecting this video to this video with these keywords. That's what YouTube is, and that's what a lot of these platforms are. They are aggregators and algorithms. They're equations, essentially, where art is placed and pictures of butts. But at the end of the day, it's trying to sell you what they think you like. And there's secret science math ways that, you know, two comedians are never going to no, understand. Especially but we, with we ADHD and dyscalculia. It's not it's not going to happen. It 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 literally breaks my head into a thousand pieces. It does, but Jenny, you know what's my husband went to business school, yeah. right? And for me, I was like, "Oh my god, business school people, they are like, you know, businessy and they're business business." <laughs> And every time I talk to one, I sort of be like, not not embarrassed because I love my job and I don't really, but I'm like, these these guys probably don't give a shit about what I do. And like, but slowly I started realizing that we're entrepreneurs. We have our own company, which is our yep. brand. We distribute our product. Yep. We have to balance the checkbook and see how much income is coming and how much we can spend. We have to look at the market. This term as of artist, yes, that, that is part of what we are. We are artists. But we're also entrepreneurs. And that's what the digital space sort of forces artists into. Mm -hmm. You have to be a business. Yeah. And in order to have a successful business, you need to make mm -hmm. money. Which brings us back to Chalino. Chalino, bro. <laughs> Chalino, I'm so sorry, bro. You got to keep up with the times, my man. This is how the new world is. You got to get used to ads and podcasts. You got to get used to pre-rolls. You got to get used to all this shit because it's not going away. It's just going to change more and more. Boom. Chadino, ¿por qué no vas y escuchas otra mierda? Que vaina es esta? That's what I thought about your email. 
<laughs> so if you're listening right now and you heard an ad or are about to hear an ad, it's it's a good it's a good sign. That means hyphenated will continue. It will go on like Celine Dion's heart. The worst joke. No, that's fine. Her heart did go on. She was had a tragic. She had a tragic, you know, life story. But her heart did go her on. Her heart did go on, and this podcast will go on. This podcast will go on. People are not going to unsubscribe because we can't sing. (laughs) Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 